go hey everyone welcome back to the class 1a episode the actual final watch along episode for season six it's been 25 crazy episodes it literally feels like we just started yesterday so it's crazy we're already at the end of the season but as always my name is Andrew Nimsger and I'm here with Dylan Beal and James Graham how are you guys feeling I know we have a lot to talk about this episode I know we always open with a generic question but this season's over at this point like has that set in for you guys yet or are you still just focused on what's happening and what's going on that it hasn't really clicked for you yet. It has not set in for me because uh, I'm not I'm not feeling the like the post episode blues yet or post season blues. Yeah. I think I think what's going to come for us specifically like this group here is after we do the recap of like the whole season, because that's always when I feel like, oh, dang, there's nothing. There's there's no more my hero for the season if we have to wait. Yeah, it's that, that's I think that's when it sinks in when we actually like close out that episode and we're like, oh, shit, next week we don't have an episode to talk about like we don't we don't have anything to like go over and discuss um yeah it's always a very i don't know it's a it's a it's a very somber time for us i think when when the episode comes to or the season comes to a close to be honest i kind of forgot it was the last episode till i just started talking the words came out of my mouth i completely forgot it was the last episode just because i'm always thinking my hero i'm always going on so it yeah it definitely is not setting me uh set in for me yet but luckily we have one last episode to talk about as you guys know, we've moved away from the recaps, but we're kind of begin taking it step by step still. And I think the biggest thing that I want to talk about, the thing that we talked about, I think, for a couple of episodes of what was going to happen, we finally got the reveal here. And that's Stain's confrontation with All Might. We didn't know if it was going to be a Deku. We didn't know if it was going to be kind of when Deku was down and out, but it ended up being a really good conversation between Stain and All Might, kind of about what it means to be a hero and what All Might has done and is doing. Did it kind of live up to the hype of where we thought there was going to be battles? We thought this was going to be some big episode moment. Like, did that build up lead to what you guys were hoping, or did it fall flat for you? So I'll I'll kind of I'll kind of kick it off because I do feel like it was a during the whole the, during the entire confrontation, I never felt that All Might was really at risk, given how kind of Stain was talking to him. Like 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 did a great job of uh, conveying how angry Stain was. But like you could kind of feel throughout the entire conversation between the two of them that Stain knew that this was All Might. He knew, like, even though he was verbally saying, like, you're not All Might, like you are not like you are like you don't resemble this person at all. Um, even you know, even with like the, the brief change in the muscle form, like um Stain just wasn't like on the surface level accepting it, but you could you really could feel that he knew the entire time. And it was really um it really showed the depth of stain as well that he like he like made all my watch like what this person was doing to preserve his legacy and stuff like that right so i th- like for i think for us on the on the podcast where we where you know we were so close and like uh vigilantes is so loved by us you really see the stendhal character come back and manifest in this current version of stain like this 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 guy who's been through the prison system and everything like that now and really is just trying to do good or like really like wants to like uphold what a hero means. Like we, it, it kind of came full circle. Dylan, I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, I, weirdly enough, I feel like Stain hasn't changed at all. And I think for like the better, because like this has always been his message, right? Like he's always mm. only saw All Might as the one true hero, and that's what he's doing here. Of like, hey, All Might, you're not living up to my vision of what you should be. Which in a weird way, Stain's vision of All Might is actually kind of the right vision because that is the ideal of All Might. And he's yeah. bringing him back to it. And honestly, I think this is like the only logical like 
conclusion for his character of like what else could have happened right so if this would have happened let's say in the context of just a normal day for hero society i mean stain wouldn't have a purpose there he would show up and go yeah you're all my i love you you're you're, you're what every hero should be i'm gonna kill every everyone else who isn't you because they, <laughs> they can't live up to you yeah um so i, I feel like this is just stain being stain because this is who he kind of always was he always wanted to push the ideal of like the true hero and all might was that and I think it is kind of funny because it is a little bit of a reverse from when we first see them. Because when we first see these two characters, All Might is the big shining symbol that everyone looks up to. Everybody does. And Stain is like this in the mud, dirty, like vigilante villain, you know, kind of both just like rogue person. And then now, Stain had this like cult following that at this point, a lot of people probably look up to Stain now more than ever um, because of the way society has collapsed. And now All Might has kind of this small little cult-like following in the form of the people he saved trying to preserve his legacy. And it's kind of reversal of that a little bit. And I don't know, I really like it. I, I like Stain showing up, being himself, and just kind of correcting All Might and just like getting him back on track. And I will say the coolest moment of the whole thing, though, is even though All Might is maybe the most fragile person in the show, maybe even more than Mineta, he did not flinch when the sword no. went to his throat. Like, he did not bat an eye. He just stood there stone cold. And it's like, oh, that's all my, that, that is him like through and through. Like he, no matter what form he is, he's still going to like stand strong there. The only thing he was missing was, you know, the smile. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think kind of going back. So for me, I kind of view this as a whole different thing too. It's like, I never really feared for all my, the entire time. And I think a lot of people may have forgot, but a couple episodes ago, we saw, Stain listening a conversation between Deku and All Might. Stain going into this knew that that's who All Might actually was too. So I think some people may have forgot that moment, but going from the entire time, we know how much Stain idolizes All Might. So I didn't really get that fear aspect, which is why I'm very happy and moved over to that messaging very quickly to looking at the woman coming and um, seeing the statue and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that's, you're right. I think that is Stain being Stain, but that's also kind of helping wrap up the story of All Might. That's been sitting out there for so long that I think as he's lost his power, he's become a side character. And I think even Horikoshi might have, this might have been the plan all along, or this might be Horikoshi's kind of messaging, like, hey, no, like, I kind of lost ways of even what to do with All Might here. And now this is dude is like, nope, he's done all this in the past. Do not forget what he's done. And really his presence is now, of all the things he'd done in the past, now what he's going to be doing going forward. So maybe a way of reminding, he's not going to be doing a lot, Everything that's happening right now is because of All Might and who he was. Do not forget that. That's what Stan and I think Horikoshi said there. I, I will say the one thing that this does give me a little bit of fear for is still we have to go back to Sir Night Eye and his vision of All Might dying this brutal, bloody death. Yeah. The thing that, you know, that kind of pushes that narrative forward a little bit is this now renewed All Might who is, you know, maybe who he should be, but now is definitely going to be in the line of danger a lot more than he is now so i I, you know i i couldn't help but think back to that and i think honestly until the show is over i don't think we're ever going to get that scene out of our our minds until we figure out if that is going to happen or not which probably is what horikoshi wanted but (laughs) well i think like much like all might's legacy like it's always in the background right like it's always there it's ever present and you're like yeah like he is this such this influential character but we like it wasn't like it's never like this isn't one of those things where it's like a death sign thing and we got to kind of like try and read through it you know like looking at all like the typical like shonen show tropes it's like 
no, we had like a clear picture of what is supposed to happen to this character. So it's, I think it's always going to be kind of there. And uh, yeah, just we're gonna, always going to be kind of waiting for it to happen whenever he's on screen. Um, one thing I do want to kind of just kind of um, touch on, especially regarding Stane, is when he was showing all my, this woman's like devotion to his statue and the maintaining, he said she can't, comes out every day, which means Stane has been watching this statue for quite some time to be able to like recognize that this is like a regular thing. This is what she does. Um, in a, like between this and the note he left saying that like on top of the information and the timeline, which we'll kind of get into a little later. Um, it also shows that like, there's just like a love letter to all might from Stane. Like, so like, it's like where we've always seen it as like a, almost like a fanatical obsession that he is like the only one true hero. Um, there's definitely some like romanticization there as well, which I think is like, a, like a nice thing to include as well. You know what I mean? That you don't just like, yes, he like uh, obviously idolizes and loves this, like for what all might stands for, but he also just genuinely loves him as a, as a, as like a person. So we'll, I'm sure those lines get quite blurred, but it, it is kind of nice that they just included like it, how, how blurry that, that whole, that whole sort of um, obsession can get. Yeah, I, I, I think the other part that I I think kind of like goes under like the radar a little bit, I wanted to draw attention to, we were talking about this before, but Sane didn't even know what was on those things. He just knew, oh yeah, this is probably important data. Yeah. He had no idea. He was just like, I know this needs to go to the one person who could do something. And it's, of course, it's all my Well, I mean, it's not like it was just a feeling he had. We did see that he had a literal security guard dying saying this needs to go to someone important. So, like, I don't think it was just Stane's, like, pure intuition here. He kind of was told, and just that's the only person Stane can think of that would be worthy of it. Well, he did, like, what he did see, like, but it was more like the initial observation of, like, okay, yeah, we have guys who are holding guns, but this guy is holding onto this, so there has to be some relevance there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But, though, we do get, obviously, the obvious tell being, like, this, like, screw you, you're not, like, you're, you're an animal, you're a murderer, you're not the one who needs this, right? So his ending line was really good where he's like, uh, Are you a man or a beast? And he's like, I'm a I what was the line? He's like, I'm I'm a, I'm a beast, beast on the, on the side of the just. Yeah, on the side of just. Like that's a yeah. okay, come on. That's a sick line. That's right, really that cool. Was, just, that was yeah. a really good line. Stain deserves to be as edgy as he is. Like he really does. Like he like he's he's an edgy character, but he's not an edgy character that feels forced. He's just like he just has that entire presence about him, and you're ne- like, not once has Stain been on screen and has said one of these like really like, like uh like hard hitting liners, and me like roll my eyes, being like, holy shit, man, like 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 this is somebody's like fantasy in a character. It's just like the, he he's delivered so well that way. We always talk about the next movie, especially when the manga was going around this time, being Rogue Deku. Fuck that. Give me the story of whatever Stain was doing this during this entire time. It gives us the same exact vibe of what we wanted from Rogue Deku. We've already seen he's willing to kill villains and probably hunt down and have conversations with heroes that have probably left behind. Ten times a better story than anything with Rogue Deku for a movie or a short spin-off series or a second, like, uh, a one-arc thing of, like, vigilantes of, like, hey, it's a 20-year time jump and now Stain's going back to Dendal, like, this is honestly one of those stories that I feel like we're being missed out on because not only is all the heroes going through shit, 
Skane's probably going through as much emotional turmoil as probably most heroes and civilians are right now because this is half the world he wanted. Only the real heroes are left. And how does he get to the point of where only people that are doing this do fully protect the people? That leaves his ideology kind of in shambles because now the world's in the perfect state for him. I also, yeah. I, but, I, but I don't think it does though because you, there's no reports of, the, you know, despite the fact the hero killer is back out there, no heroes have died. At least the stain, right? So I mean, like, this because well, this is what he there wanted, is right? no there is no real news reports though that's true that's true but like i mean we like we have already seen that like genus endeavor hawks they do have like kind of like an, an information information gathering network right so like yeah i think this is just it is exactly what stain wanted but i think he's now just doing the next step of his plan which is you know aiding the just because the just are all that should remain right so yeah. I, I'm I saying say, really cool opportunity for stories. What my biggest point? Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I I, I want to leave this on another Dylan pitch, taking that idea that you you have. Here's how I envision that movie because I think it could be such a sick movie. It's more of like a flashback type of movie of where we're in this like later stage of whatever Stain is going through, whether it's coming back to Stendhal, and we're getting like flashes to like the stuff we haven't seen. So like, hey, what what happened? Uh, be, you know, before, like him as Stendhal. And maybe we see what happens between Stendhal and Stain. And then, you know, it's like it sort of, sort of leads into these story moments that we know already. And then it kind of brings back to the present of him. And then we keep seeing the in-between. Because I think I think you touched on it a little bit, James, but I want to know how Stain is reacting to people holding him to a high, like, like in mm -hmm. high praise. Because yeah. I think he would hate it. I think he probably would yeah. absolutely despise it. And I want, like, in particular, I want the movie to focus on a moment of where he finds maybe like a cult to him or something like that because they definitely exist and he is just disgusted and just like we get a scene kind of like the very last episode he was in in season one or two of where it was really ultra stylized very yeah. dark very red like i want to see that like come in and just like sweep everyone out like i'm i'm talking like end of rogue one like vader kind of just kill everything <laughs> stuff like that would be so sick to see staying in it would be and like i think They've uh, like, and this is uh, either intentional or unintentional by Horikoshi. I don't know, but like, we always have that question because Spinner is always around, and mm -hmm. Spinner represents that that cult following, right? Because we always talk about the cult following, is uh, like, like yes, other characters do bring it up, but Spinner is our main like uh, connector between like the the current story when Stain was locked up and uh, you know his his character and his ideology. So we always have that what if of like what if spinner and stain actually cross paths how would that go down what would that look like right so and i think you're right i think he would be disgusted because i don't think that's what he wants like i think he would be absolutely like i think he'd try and kill spinner considering that he follows shigaraki right like i think that's i think that's how it would go down which i think would be a really sick sword fight between the two of them yeah like, oh god we need it we need it we, we need it, so need it dude. we need it all right we gotta segue to our next point before that one big statement, something that's been stewing on my end for a while now. Sir Night Eye is a fraud. I'm not going to elaborate. We could talk about this in a one-off episode down the road. I think Sir Night Eye is a complete and utter fraud. I will not be taking any questions or comments at the time. And we'll be moving on to the fun, loving, and relaxation arc that Deku went through with all of UA and boys um, when they got back to the dorms. The boys. And how nice of a change of pace that was. 
kind of we talked about we didn't think there's going to be many more fun episodes fun moments those lighthearted moments that we've seen and loved a lot of this time we thought those were done but it's good to see that that can still happen in an episode where there's a lot of emotional moments going around it so that that can be balanced out this was a very like masculine kind of episode um in certain ways that like i don't know it, it, it's like there's like this weird like camaraderie with like the boys where they're all like in in the bat and like the bath together and they're hanging out and like there's even a, a part of where i forget who it is i think it's uh, it might be kirishima but he doesn't literally do it but he he he, he gives a little like ass slap to mineta it's not his butt but it's his like little grape thing. Head. Like, yeah it's like, it was so random i loved it like you know exactly what he was doing there i'm like yeah this is this is like a very boys masculine episode which is which is cool because like I don't I, I miss Deku with like his friends and like this yeah. this feels like a really good camaraderie moment like they'll come together and he, he's on the couch he falls asleep with the blanket on like good good stuff yeah and like I mean they like you had like basically all of them trying to basically bring Deku back to like just like that normal level that they used to be at right like you trying to bring him back get it like oh, not acting like nothing happened but like okay we just need to we need to basically bring you out of this this entire mode that you've been engaged in for so long and just get you back to a, a sense of normality um and like again we even see growth that from bakugo and he like it, it's 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 really like i loved it i thought it was really cute how they did it where basically like he corrects himself and calls deku zuku and then midoriya is just like you don't have to do it if it's impossible and then bakugo of course takes that as a challenge and he's like possible is not in my dictionary like of course i'm gonna call you azuka at this point right like it's just it's I, nice it's 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 wholesome and i think it's not only just like bringing him out of that mode but like i think it's also making it so he doesn't feel special in a way like he's hmm. special but like he's he's you know he's just one of us rather than he is the chosen one with like one for all like i i, I it helps bring it down to their level too because yeah. they don't view him as this big shining god it's just no it's just deku like deku's our friend and we help them out yeah. Which, which it's, really, it's a real reaction to how guys would do it too. I'm like, yeah, like, okay, mm-hmm. like, we're all kind of off. We don't know what to do. Like, let's do the easy stuff, take the bath. But then they all started poking questions. Like, they all started asking questions. Like, it's a very realistic thing of probably how middle school, high school guys would react to a situation like that. If they do the easy stuff, they all joke around and they start poking and prying and stuff. And, like, yeah. obviously, we know you're special. We're going to acknowledge the topic, but they did it in a way that didn't make it feel like he was ostracized, but more like, nope. You're with us, but we still want to know what the fuck's going on. Like we can't stop yeah. what it asks. Yeah, and I think I think it I kind of pays credit to uh Achaco's speech as well, which is like, yes, you can have special powers, but that doesn't always make you a special person. And it's just reaffirmed through this entire this entire sequence of you know him the the boys just like reintegrating basically back into the class. You know what I mean? Um there is there, <laughs> there is one scene that is like it makes me it just makes Mineta like a further creep like Mineta's actually like between Midoriya's legs and like just go look go look for the go look for the scene because the face that's on him it's uh yeah, real... he had some really weird faces in this yeah. episode he did yeah like, he gets 30 seconds of screen times a season it has to be memorable somehow he just yeah he 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 stays being the creep like no matter what like he's like yeah he he he, he made it worse all I want to say on that Mineta topic, we haven't talked about him near as much, but do you guys remember when we stopped talking about him? When Mina brainwashed him at like right around the school festival arc, remember when they strap him to a chair and make him watch something? He hasn't done shit since then. 
That Whatever Mina did, did, it worked. Did it kind of fix him? Yeah, it, it might have fixed him. I don't know what they made him watch. This was a TikTok. I'm stealing that from someone else. I saw someone do this TikTok. But it's true. If you look from that chapter to, like, now, he's done nothing that bad. It worked. Mina knows a- how to fix perverts. I, we, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like I gotta go hunt it go, for this. Go like, do some yeah, research. I, I did. A, I did a little that's bit a, of a check there too. That's a deep cut right there. Yeah. God damn. See, that's so, that's why we tune in to the Class Money podcast for good information like that. Thank for you, stealing Andrew. stealing Thank content you. from TikTok is great. Um, yeah. well, that's what most podcasts do nowadays. But kind of going on, what was phenomenal about this? There's not a ton of really talking about like kind of the moment. Is just really how good the pacing was to going from the start of the episode of the stain stuff to yeah. this. And then the reveal at the end of first we get stars described at the very end of the episode and we talk about her in a second. But then like, nope, we're three days away from Shigaraki waking up. Like we thought we had a month. Like Deku was gonna come back, have a couple weeks to rest up, get a plan together. Like, nope, three days. That makes me think like, okay, season one's recap, season two setup, season three we're fighting again. Like that's really what that puts into my head when we go from like a month to three days of like, okay, we have three episodes till the fighting starts again. Um, mm. And I'm incredibly excited for that. I mean, I think long periods of times when there's not fighting or big action happening or planning doesn't feel realistic anymore. There can't be any arcs but planning arcs and fighting arcs at this point because the world's the shit. And I'm excited that we're not going to have a month build up, these super long arcs about everyone in UA getting back together. As much as I love that dynamic, it would feel very out of place for anything but to jump right back into season six episode one season six or seven season seven, seven is going planning seven. of how to take down Chigaraki and season two is a plan being put into action that's what i want to do but yeah yeah i i think we have to like given that timeline of just jumping right into it because i don't know what else we do at this point like either because like you know uh like deku has he has the things that he needs like to actually do this right so what what really is left in the story besides just this final fight, right? Yeah, like, he has I don't... power friendship now. He's set. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as far as like things that aren't revealed, like re- re- regarding Azuku, I think we still have a one quirk, quirk left. I think. We're still oh, we, yeah, one. we have one quirk, which is we like, have... hey, one quirk, and we got a final. Boss. It was a Bakugo. Like, yeah, it was a Bakugo. Like, does that one. work? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we have that, but yeah, like I mean, we in like. I think we we uh, when we were doing our like just our pre-show and stuff like that, we didn't really talk about this as much. But we, they did talk about the effectiveness of all for one and one for all, and how closely those two are kind of linked, and how like how effective they are. Depending because like all Mike kind of talked about how he basically like he's never had this connection that like Izuku kind of talks about, right? And they're discussing the connection between actual afo and shigaraki too and how that whole thing works too i have a i have a i have a theory i have a theory and you gotta clip this because i was thinking about this here's my theory flip it and ship it all for one and one for all they're the same exact work they're nothing different about them they're exactly the same the only thing that changes it is the heart of the users because the heart of the good is always to build upon um what came before and pass it along and the heart of evil is always taking and transferring and because the taking transferring happens so often, there is no cultivation of power within it because it's not within his capacity. That is my clip it right now. That's going to come up. They're the same thing. But we have like two separate origin points, though, don't we? Between the brothers, like. No, 
No, uh, because it just like it because they were brothers and it just manifested in in um the oh, younger brother. So right. that that's why I think I think it is all about the heart of the user. And I actually do think that they're the same core. So I think you're right in the way of it's two sides of the same coin. That doesn't necessarily make it makes it the same coin, but it doesn't make it the same quirk. The head and the tail side is different. All, all I'm gonna say is just flip it and we'll see. Because uh, because that that's my two theories. My you know my two standing theories is one but well this one now and the second one is with the quirk. We don't know that. Yes, we do. We, we if we go back to the time. When no, we learn was, about the past is that they always thought the brothers was quirkless, but in reality, he had a stockpiling quirk that wasn't revealed until a quirk was given to him. But we didn't know that. We didn't quite know that. It could have been it, like, it, we don't know for sure it was hidden within him. It, I'm not yeah, So, so it's, it's, it's given, it's given the information in a way that like, it's because you, you can add upon it if you need to, and it's not implausible, right? So I'm not, I'm not a totally against Dylan, but I, 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 I will not. say I could, I could see because like he, it only manifested when it was when another quirk was given to him. There is a possibility that like whenever AFO gave that piece over to him, that was just a part of that quirk, and he like that that was just the quirk itself that he also gave over. Like I don't know, I I think I think there's more to I think there's more to it than this. Um, so who knows? We'll we'll see. I. We'll see at the end, right? I we'll see know. who's right at the end. Do not a, assume. Quick. Do, <laughs> yeah, do not set up the idea that all of our questions will be answered in this series. We all know they will not be. So going in with that mindset is going to lead to disappointment of millions. Yes, I, I love be, You know I love being disappointed and yelling about it, though. Yes, it's true. That's what you're here for. That's 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 all I have to say about the quirks. Okay. All right. All right. So we only got about 30 seconds of screen time, but I'm going to say we have about two minutes to talk about it. How the season ended, and assuming how it's going to open, is the introduction of a brand new character from the United States of America, the number one hero, Stars and Stripes, which we learn is. What the mentee of All Might? I, I get an apprentice to All Might. A pupil. Someone, a pupil. A pupil. pupil. There we go. All Might. Yeah. A pupil of All Might. Call it All Might. Her director, like, master. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of interesting thing there. And again, just keep in mind the number one hero for one of the largest countries in the world, assuming it's all the same here, and what that could mean in terms of power scale, in terms of quirk, in terms of whatever that means. I'm excited. I'm gonna let you guys talk first. <laughs> so oh, no. the big thing, the big thing I, I I'm curious about is um, how quirks are um, fostered and uh, used in other countries. That's the big thing I'm I'm kind of curious about because if we if like if we had any uh, like information regarding that, it would I think it would show what Star and Stripes power is. Um, and like, or like, like not power, like what the quirk is specifically, but how, how powerful she is. Um, because we've always kind of seen Japan as like the, the pinnacle of quirks kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where, and we well, see that's just really... the only view we've ever had. We don't know right. if that's the fact or not. So we, we do and we don't though, because when they had the conversation basically of, of throughout the, the various nations, which was like, kind of like, I don't know, like the, my hero version of NATO, I guess, um, they were discussing the other nations and, and things. And people are pretty hesitant to intercede in that, 
which makes me think that Japan and Quarks are kind of like near the top echelon, maybe the pinnacle of how Quarks are in, like interpreted within the world. Um, but it also shows the brashness of the states because the states have already responded. Um, I'm gonna tr I'm gonna try not to let my Canadian show too much in this. Um, but I think it's I think it's gonna be it's gonna be sick because like you, you we now are starting to see international heroes, which we only really got in Vigilantes. And I mean, we, we don't got know in where the movie. This. We did get in the movie. Okay, fair. Which fair? Which again, the the timing of all this is weird because we're being introduced to characters in the show now that yeah. were part of the movie yeah. and they didn't so, act like that again going the whole that's the whole canon conversation yeah. we're not so gonna have is today sick. i love him the Salam 2D is sick. hero <laughs> but the, the biggest thing i just want to talk about not even in terms of like assuming power and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and the uh, pinnacle of quirks and all that but the united states has like 213 million more people than that and you're assuming it's the same brass sniff the brass kind of united states that we know so you assume there's pork testing, all that kind of shit. Like you it just have to, be, to assume right? that they're just trying to pump it up to a hundred and maybe all might is the true pinnacle, the God of everything. And they're all trying to do that. But stars and stripe one is a pupil of all might looks a fuck ton like all might. You can't tell me there might not be testing. It just might be who they are. Like I'm just yes, assuming the United is. States is who the United States is. And that they're probably on the same term, if not more powerful than Japan in terms of quirks, just because there's no way the United States would not allow that to happen. So, okay. So we know All Might was in the States for a degree. We know Star and, Star and Stripe looks a whole lot like him. Nah, I ain't a kid. That might, All Might's all too might be your daddy. I don't think All Might's <laughs> okay, ever had listen. sex. All Might is a <laughs> yes. virgin. I'm saying yes. that right now. He he is. Um, through and through. He is, but like he's the most pure, pure boy ever. Yeah. But Here's here's what I'm thinking. Well, okay, I'm not gonna say everything I'm thinking, uh, but let me. I, I uh, sorry. I like I like sorry sorry strike. She's I, I like her. She's great. She's wonderful. Muscles. Oh, here we go. She's oh no. Anyways, uh, I I do think what well, James is not gonna let his Canadian show. I'm gonna let my American show. Number go. one country in the world, baby. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Set it in the best. Set it in the number one. Standing on a a bunch of bombers. Twelve bombers. Go. That is so sick, but I I think the cool thing that we could get is, oh, I'm I'm gonna get into some murky territories, but let's we'll keep it light though. Um, the way I want to view quirks, and I think would be really interesting, is in Japan they're very tight. No one can you technically you're not just supposed to use quirks like you have to have a mm -hmm. license. So yeah. like whenever like Deku's mom is like floating stuff around the house, that's probably a felony right there. You would get locked up for that. But in America gonna draw a little analogous to, to maybe gun laws here uh things are a lot looser things can just kind of happen so what i'm thinking is like if that isn't an analogy here like maybe it is the case that stars and stripes is so powerful because like she could just use her quirk whenever or maybe that it was much more encouraged and like as kids they're like really going a lot harder like i'm thinking of like american mentality with like sports i'm thinking american mentality with like all that kind of stuff of like going super super hard when you're young to build up mm. these like athletes or stars, right? Eh, stars, uh, it, that right. shining example of things. And I think that could be the case with Stars and Stripes here. Like maybe that is why she is so strong because, you know, kind of like Andrew was saying, society and everything has pushed her to be that strong. And I'm excited to see like, it, it could it could be anything. She could be going buck wild. So I'm curious because, and I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw a recent parallel to kind of the States and Japan. Um, 
I don't know if either of you two follow baseball. Oh, um, oh okay. Listen, don't get me. So, okay, you cannot bring up that analogy. First of all, all all the players on the other teams are just American baseball players too. They get sent over to, there. Also, no one wants to get injured, and so all the best pitchers from America don't play in the HB. Wait, HBC, yeah. So okay, listen. Still, number two cha- champions at baseball, <laughs> even though they had none of the good players. Who is who's number one though? Who's number one? Who's number who, one? America. Who won? Who won who's won the most World Series? Who who won it's that game though? Who won that, who won that game? Who won that game? It was Japan. So what I'm saying is is perhaps yes, where we do have the brashness and maybe the encouragement and the the openness to really like uh, like foster quirks. I want. I'm. I like. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate to a degree of like how effective she's going to be against what we. I think we can consider is the like the most powerful villain in the world right now, right? Mm-hmm. And we have <laughs> Shigaraki's got a lot of things going for him, and like I mean the I'd say the work ethic and the the the, the desire to hone a quirk and make it as powerful and as vile as it can be is in his corner. It's I'm I'm just curious to see how it matches up against. I hope she doesn't fight Shigaraki because we know how that has to end. No one but Deku is defeating Shigaraki. I want her to come in and fight all for one. I mean, Shigaraki shouldn't be awake yet because you're right. You're on going to the point like the biggest villain, but that's not who Star and Stripe should be fighting because in terms of a meta sense, in terms of yeah, who the no, threat is, that yeah. makes sense. But like from what I want, if she goes and fights Shigaraki, I'm a little bit worried like. Okay, maybe they take like Shigaraki's arm or something like that, but then he just regrows it because he has regeneration. Like she will not kill Shigaraki. I want her to go fight all for one. Yeah, she could be a stand-in essentially for All Might. For All Might, like, yes. It, it, yeah, because yeah, if the analogy is like the old of like All Might versus AFO and Deku versus Shigaraki, obviously All Might can fight that battle. We we now have like the the stand-in essentially of his pupil, who is like an icon of him essentially. Yeah, exactly. The same. And she can yeah, die well. and sacrifice herself for All Might down the road, and and then someone else saves the day and finishes off All for One. Great. But if if we go that Shigaraki fight, I'm worried that that suspension is gone, which is the last thing you want to bring in a character the last 30 seconds of a big reveal, international help, all that kind of stuff, and then it's just to go to fight Shigaraki. Not my favorite idea. No, and that's true. And like that, that was really the only way I could see it, right? Because that was what the whole conversation was. Is like we have AFO and Shigaraki, and they're, they're like you know they're the big bads right now. They need to be addressed. You need right? two people. You do, you do you do need two people, but that, and I guess that's the thing too. We do know Midoriya has to fight Shigaraki, so yeah, it would make sense that Star and Stripe fights AFO. That would that would make the most sense, and yeah, it would make like 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 from a from a meta sense, it would make her f- character feel more important. Because if she goes against Shigaraki, she kind of has to lose because of how the story is being delivered to us at this point. Which sucks. Which sucks not going to get like a, a cool badass, right. Like Akio's not going to get a cool fight at the end of the series. No, he is. Who's he going to fight? He's going to he's going to fight nope. Shigaraki with Deku. No, he will not. Oh, did you? Okay, that listen. Oh, listen, I'm I, I, I'm going to reveal some things with the fans here. Uh, Andrew doesn't listen uh, to our episodes sometimes when he's not on. I don't. I'm going to say it because I, I never had a, do. I, had I never have. The, I had the Ever. perfect. I'm going to I'm going to re-explain it. This is I don't want message. to. We're 35 and, no, minutes in. I did not want to hear quick, your it, bullshit. It'll be quick. The whole the whole message. 30 of my seconds. Hero, the whole the whole message of my hero is uh you can only do things with friends and you can't do things alone you have to come together to actually defeat things in the end no. and so that's why it's not gonna be deku versus shigaraki man it's gonna be all him and his friends coming together 
and that's why you need Bakugo. And not only that, but Horikoshi wrote the ending to My Hero already, and it was Deku and Bakugo teaming up together. So we already know that there is going to be a coming together. They can't kill oh, children, and all of Class 1A fighting Shigaraki would lead to at least it wouldn't, eight it wouldn't, it wouldn't. They're all going to do a combined smash together, because that's the only way it could end, is everyone doing one big smash, because that'd be sick. All right, yeah. everyone. We're reaching the end of our episode, and you know what that means? That means it's time for the Plus Ultra Award, where each and every week we decide one character that went beyond that went Plus Ultra. Dylan, for the final time of the season, we'll be doing our final count next week, assuming one of us fucking kept count. Um, we, who is going to be your Plus Ultra of the week? My Plus Ultra is going to be Stain. Stain literally saved the entire the world i think here <laughs> he saved the world because he is a man of conviction uh men of conviction do bad things sometimes but if they have good convictions that's good i don't know where i was going with that it's stain there you go yeah it, it, it is stain it's stain 100 because they be they like if stain hadn't provided them with the information that the timeline is incorrect that they were working on they'd be fucked they'd be so fucked so it's it, it, it is stain for sure Say I it. agree. Say it, Andrew. No one else really even did anything this episode. So I oh, okay. 100% okay. agree. Wait, 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 wait hold on. All Might was up. pretty cool. Okay. And All Might had, All Might had his moments too. Yeah, He's yeah. so he done with us. He's so done he with us. He didn't do anything. My man is checked out. My man is We so will be out. back next week for our wrap up of season six. Where we'll be talking about the highlights, our overall thoughts, kind of bringing it all together with one last conversation in season six before we move in to our official off season and start looking forward to season seven. We hope to see you all next week. Thank you all so much for listening and watching and enjoying the Class 1A podcast. We will see you all then.